You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about passing, and you know how much I love to talk about passing. And I'm going to share with you five strategies that are going to help your players pass better today. So it's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 111 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball. Uh, Volleyball and Nations League actually just wrapped up. I got a chance to watch today uh, USA versus France in a fantastic gold medal match where we went to the fifth set. Uh, it was pretty incredible. So for those of you that got a chance to watch it, it was uh, it was it was such it was a good match. You got a chance to see a lot of um, a lot of tactical changes. You know, uh, like, uh, the men's U.S. team switched their lineup. You know, they went down 0-2 in the first two sets, switched up their lineup a little bit, and gave them some life. Then took them to five, and unfortunately lost in five. But credit to France and their creativity, their their style of offensive play was was unreal to see. Well, for those of you that are new to the podcast, my name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are a regular listener, as always, you know how much I appreciate you guys. Thanks again for tuning into another episode where the goal is to drop tangible things that you can take back to your gym and apply to your team right away. And uh, if you're listening to this episode before August 6th and August 7th of 2022, there is still what we're what about two weeks away, I think, or two weeks away from DVA Live, which is my two-day coaches clinic. If you haven't registered for it yet, please do. It's amazing. I, I love the amount of people that are getting on there. And you're going to hear from amazing coaches. I'm going to walk you through I'm going to walk you through how to create and build a successful volleyball program from the ground up in which you're going to be able to actually have time to work on your programming. Um, And in addition to all the great speakers we're going to have, we're going to have Coach John Spra, which is my mentor, who just came off a silver medal here today at the Nations League. And we're going to have a bunch of other great, great people there that are going to talk about, you know, what it means to them and successful programs they've been a part of. So volleyballworkshop.com, get registered. I can't wait to see you guys. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into today's topic. We're going to talk about passing. And if you listen to episode one, the very, very first episode of this podcast, I talked about passing. It's crazy. I haven't really talked about passing too much since then, um, but we're going to talk about some technical things today. Because as I, you know, I'm in the off season right now and I'm in the gym with my guys and we're, we're, we're hammering reps and getting a lot of volume in and really trying to fine tune their, their technical skills. You know, passing is one of them to make sure that we can, you know, fix them now, improve them now so that in the regular season, it's go time. Okay. We don't have to, we don't have to spend so much time working on developmental things. So I'm going to share with you five things that you can take back to your gym. And the first thing I want to start off by talking about is this idea of your passing box. Um, You may have heard me call it your passing zone, but a better term that I heard recently from a pro player, his name is Joey Jarvis, is uh, this passing box. And it's a great analogy. It's a great, it's a great way of describing the things that we talk about all the time. So if you're driving, don't close your eyes, but if you're not driving, 
I want you to like put yourself in kind of a passing stance for me. Uh, you know, your your feet are shoulder width apart. It's just more so your feet. Just put your feet shoulder width apart. Okay. Now we're gonna make four movements, individual movements. Now I want you to step with your left foot forward, and then come back. Okay. So we're gonna easy step with your left foot forward and then come back. Now you're back in your stance. Step back with that left foot and then come back. And then you're gonna do the same thing on the right side. Step forward with your right foot and then come back. And then step back with that right foot and come forward. So those four movements there is what your passing box is. And anytime we are training passers to pass balls where it's not directly coming to them, but it's in their passing zone, aka their passing box, that is the type of movements we want our players to make to get to the ball. If it's in their zone, if they don't have to make multiple movements, like, you know, take a couple steps to get to the ball. And the reason that the, the ideal of this passing box is so important is because it keeps your players balanced. And that is strategy number one. It is key. If when you're passing, the goal is to try to be as balanced as possible because if you're balanced, you're going to have more control. You're going to probably be able to make a much better pass by getting your platform you know, behind the ball and things like that. So what we want to do is we want to train our players that if a ball is right in front of them to be able to step forward, stay balanced and pass. Same thing if a ball is being driven right at them. If, it, if it's driven right at them, and ta- instead of shuffling back, you know, taking multiple steps, that's not balanced. Yes, it's shuffling back to try to, you know, try to get behind the ball and, and then get your angle there. What we want to do instead is we want to take a step back. So we're still in our passing box. We're taking a step back and we're balanced. See, shuffling back and then establishing a platform one, it's a lot of movement, and two, it's very hard to be balanced doing that. But, but when we take one step back and not get necessarily get out of the way, but move to the side of that ball, we can track it a lot easier, and we can ensure that our platform and our angle is behind the ball. And then more importantly, we're balanced. So even if the ball was to change direction, you know, let's say the ball is coming right to us and we take we drop our left foot back. So we take a left step back and the ball was to drop change speed, change direction, we can move accordingly because we're now balanced. And that's the key. That's the significant part of this whole idea of a passing box. So it's an exercise that you could take back to your players and have them pass a bunch of different balls over the net doing these things. Have them work on okay, let's go 10 balls passing forward with your stepping with your left. Then 10 balls passing stepping back with your left. Then front with your right, back with your right, keeping that passing box and balance in check and you'll hopefully improve your passer's ability to increase their range of passing you know when balls are coming at them they're not freaking out and doing things with their shoulders and hands that they shouldn't be but rather they can use their and footwork this is all footwork by the way yeah footwork is key here this is the this is the simple footwork where you'll keep your players balanced and be able to pass effectively okay so strategy number one is your passing box helping with your balance and your footwork i guess you want to call it Strategy number two, elevated shoulders. Now, this one's interesting. I'm sure many of you know about elevated shoulders. I'm sure it's something you teach, but it's something that I realized very quickly, especially in this off season, is that even my athletes, they don't elevate their shoulders on every pass. They're not, like, when, is the, when the ball is easy, 
yes, then they might be able to raise their shoulders to get their platform behind the ball, etc. But normally, elevated shoulders isn't something that they do on every rep, and that's a problem. The reason we want to elevate our shoulders is because it creates a much more sound platform. And I mean, I've shot videos on this before on my on my Instagram and things like that. But if you as a coach, if you create a platform right now by having your shoulders relaxed, you know, and then create a platform. Now I want you to raise those shoulders, raise them as high as you can, elevate your shoulders as high as you can, and now try to create a platform. You're going to see that your base the base of your platform is a lot more flat. And a flat base is great because that creates more surface area for the ball to contact. We call that our sweet spot. You always want the ball to hit your sweet spot every single time. And by elevating your shoulders, what you're doing is you're allowing your arms to come closer together to create a flatter base. And that is gonna help with getting the ball to a target. In addition to elevating your shoulders, if the ball is, you know, passed to a left side of your body or right side of your body, when you have your shoulders engaged in that pass and elevated, our angles are a lot more easier to create. We can create much more efficient and accurate angles to our target by elevating our shoulders. So when you're looking, when you're doing passing drills and you're teaching passing to your players, look at this cue and see how many times your players don't elevate their shoulders during a passing drill or 10 reps or 20 reps, you know, and it's, it's something that they have to be, and it's very uncomfortable, by the way, elevating your shoulders is very uncomfortable. It's something that has to be trained and repeated over and over again for your players to get, to become normalized to that uncomfortable feeling of elevating your shoulders. Okay. So a little bit of a tactic there or, or technical aspect there, but really important. The other thing, um, so strategy number, that's our strategy number two. Strategy number three is elbows. Now, not every athlete has the ability to do this, and many, many people can. Frankly, I can't do this. But having your elbows in when you're passing helps open up your platform to create that flat base. Now, you know, if you're double jointed, it's much easier. But, you know, me, even me, when I'm, I'm trying to do this right now as I do this podcast, and when I, when I bring my, sh- my elbows in, it, um, it, 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 it's better, but it's not going to be completely flat. So you could do this with me, too. If you're driving, don't do this. But you know, put your platform out in front of you and turn your your elbows inward, okay? So turn your elbows inward, and what you'll see is it's opening up your forearms to be a bit more flatter, and that's going to help create a much more strong, stable, and flat platform to be able to get that sweet spot. You know that sweet spot, that contact we talked about? That's, that's the goal there is to get that sweet spot in so you can, you know, become a much better passer, all right? That is strategy number three. Strategy number four is something that I see all the time, and I talk about it all the time, and I still see it. It's unfortunate, but the idea of separating your platform from your body, okay? So how many times, coaches, have you seen your players try to pass a ball, and it's tight to their body? And what happens when the, when the ball is tight to your body or your platform's tight to your body? It's very, very difficult to create angles, and you're probably not going to get the ball to target. Because we need separation from our platform and our body. Our platform has to be out in front of us, not closer to to your chest or to your stomach. It's got to be out in front of you. And when it's out in front of you, you're able to angle a lot more easier than if it was tight. If it's tight, it's a lot of things that are happening. Your your body's pretty much in the way. It's It's not really optimal in that sense. 
So having your platform out in front of you helps you create angles a lot easier, okay? Helps you track the ball a lot easier. Uh, it, it helps emphasize certain things like, you know, elevated shoulders, uh, elbows in. You could do that a lot more easier. You can't really do elbows in if you're passing tight. It's very difficult. And, and more importantly, it's all about the angles, really. So getting those angles to, uh, to your target is important. Now, what happens is the reason that athletes tend to bring that platform tighter to their body is when we have a hard-driven ball that is served to us. So what's the solution? The solution is that passing box we talked about earlier. Having your players drop that back foot, whether it's the left foot or the right foot, by, by dropping that back foot, they're able to have separation from your platform to your body, and they're able to track the ball and do all the great things we talked about with the passing box. So make sure that there is no excuse for platform being tight to your body. Um, you're, there's always ways around it, you know, in terms of opening up by dropping one of the feet back. And when we open up now, so I'm going to tie in a couple of things here. When we open up by dropping a, a foot backwards, et cetera, and trying to get our platform out and angle to our target, we want to make sure that our shoulders are involved as well. So here's the thing. Let's say, for example, that a ball is passed outside of your body in some direction, left or right, doesn't matter. If the ball is passed, we have to make sure that our shoulders are elevated, one, but more also that our inside shoulder dips slightly because that helps reinforce the angle. We're going to say, wait a minute, coach. I thought you talked about we want both our shoulders elevated. And in theory, we absolutely do, providing that you get your entire body and platform behind the ball. But in some instances, we cannot get, we, that can't happen. So when we open up by dropping our left and right foot back, that is creating separation between our platform and our body. It's also helping us to reinforce the angle. But in order for that angle to be accurate, our inside shoulder has to drop slightly, which means our outside shoulder will remain high. Okay? So the inside, so let's say, for example, the ball is served to the left side of your body and you're passing out of five. Okay? So passing out of five, ball is served to the left side of your body. Now, we want to open up if, if it's coming right at us. You know, we can't have, we don't have enough time to move behind the ball, which generally speaking, you don't. We drop that left foot. We dip our inside shoulder, which is going to be our right shoulder in this case. And now we can angle our platform to our target beautifully. And the reason this is important is because what if, now let's assume you're a left side here, is now that we're balanced. Now that we're, we have separation from our body and platform, now that we're angling to a target, we can now, on top of that, is when the pass is made, we now have an opportunity to get outside and swing. So one of the problems, too, that happens is when, we don't, when we're not balanced, right? And, and uh, Joey Jarvis, you know, one of the pro players that you know, I, I I'm, have the, the, the luxury of being friends with, his biggest thing was he always wants to be balanced so that he could actually be an option on offense. And that's important. You know how sometimes there's a, you have a serving strategy where you try to serve tough to the left side so that they have to make a very difficult pass. And then if they're on the ground passing, they now have a tough time to get outside and approach. And in that case, they're probably not going to be an offensive option. So we want to be an offensive option as left sides. So by having that passing box and staying balanced, now when we make our pass, we can get to our approach angle and approach and swing. And that's fantastic. So we want to do our best to be able to stay balanced so that we can swing. Because if you are an attacker 
and you want and you're you know if as a coach here you got a player who's your highest converting asset you want them involved in every play and if they're passing on the ground all the time and they're not involved in every play and the other team was successfully able to take them out that's a problem so we want to make sure that they're engaged and they're able they're able to pass and get outside and swing on every play okay so that's strategy number four. Strategy number five, oh, I kind of tied in strategy number five with uh, strategy number four, and it was about angles. So really, we, ha- we have to, as coaches, we have to do a good job of training our athletes to be comfortable passing multiple different angles. So passing to, uh, from the left side of your body, as well as passing on the right side of your body, because the angles change slightly, as well as passing a ball that is driven deep, where we may have to open up outwards and pass a little bit behind us on both sides. So really emphasizing the angle here. So we know that we have to get the ball, we have to get our platform behind the ball. That's, that's kind of goes without saying. You have to get your platform behind the ball, but it's not enough just to get your platform behind the ball. We got to get our angle to target and creating these angles is important. And our, our ability to train our athletes to create different angles when the ball is different sides, you know, when the ball's on left side, right side, back in front as well is important. So understanding that, you know, I think is, is an important point to make. So understanding how to create angles on multiple sides. So coaches stand on a box drive the ball over the net or have players, multiple players do multiple reps and work on these angles on all sides, left, right, front, back. So your players get used to creating these angles. And sometimes it may be creating angles in awkward type of scenarios, but it's our job to train it. Really, really important to train it. Okay. The the bonus thing I'm going to talk about here uh, in terms of passing. Um, now we talked a lot about platform passing, you know, forearm passing, if you will. Hand passing, there is there is value in hand passing as well, okay? And I, I, I want to speak about this really quickly. A lot of teams, a lot of players sometimes don't have the ability to hand pass. So as a coach, you have to ask yourself. I know many coaches that love hand passing, that believe in hand passing, because let's be real, it's easier to control the ball with your hands than it is with a platform. I mean, we use our hands every day, we throw, we catch, we can do things with our hands a lot easier than creating this really awkward platform. But the strength has to be there as well, okay? If your athletes don't have the strength to hand pass a tough float, you jeopardize them injuring their fingers as well as not being consistent on the pass. And that is something we do not want to do, okay? So be very careful. Hand passing is great, but have your players have to have the ability to do that. Now, when we're hand passing, one, there's one slight change uh, in terms of angles. Because, sorry, I, well, I shouldn't say that because there, there really is no angle when you're hand passing. You're using your hands to direct the ball to a target. But when you're hand passing, your feet have to help with the direction of the ball. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say that you're passing out of five, okay? And there's a float serve come in and you've determined that you're going to hand pass this ball. Well, I want your left foot to be facing forward. So your left foot is pointed towards the server and your right foot is open to the court. So your chest is pretty much splitting, you know, it's kind of like at a 45 degree angle. You can see the setter and you can see the server, all right? So you're, you're splitting both the server and the setter. As opposed to when you're passing and you're using a platform, you're facing the server period. You're not facing the setter. You're facing the server and your angle is gonna get the ball to the setter. But when you're hand passing now, there's no angles. So we have to make sure that our 
feet are open to the setter as well as the server. That's why you say your left foot is pointing at the server and your right foot is open, pointing to somewhat the setter, pointed to, like open to the court, kind of. That's, that's what it is. Now, when that way, when we get that flow serve, we can hand pass over our shoulder, direct it to the setter, however it will, and you're open to the setter and you're able to make a, a successful pass that way, okay? So that's kind of the difference there in terms of hand passing and, um, and, and platform passing in terms of footwork. Uh, oh, one thing I will add too is when you're hand passing and when you're teaching your players how to hand pass, it's not a set, okay? We're not setting the ball. We're... We're actually attacking the ball. That's what I tell my players all the time. Attack the ball. You cannot let the ball get too close to your, your passing zone, your forehead, in the vicinity of your box, if you will. You have to go after the ball and push that ball hard with the inside of your fingertips. You're not letting the ball come in your hands and out of your hands like a set. You're attacking the ball hard with the inside of your fingertips to get the ball to two and a half, which is where your setter is going to be. And when you're hand passing, generally you're moving up closer to the attack line to hand pass. Okay, so there's there's like three or four tips in itself when it comes to hand passing. Um, I do like to train it, but I also I, I also like to have the conversation with my athletes and me, well for me to know as well. Do they have the ability to actually make that hand pass? And if they don't, I don't want them doing it in the game. Okay. All right. So this is a really quick episode just to really, you know, get you to start fine tuning your passing tech, your technical game when it comes to passing. Um, there's a lot little, little more nuances, but these are the big ones. You, you solve these ones right now. You put yourself in a good position, <coughs> good position, sorry, to be able to pass. So, so just to recap, let's talk about the strategy. So we talked about your passing box. Really great reference to help your players understand, um, like the the ground that they should be passing on, and really to, like a, it's good court awareness, so they understand. You know, I can make a pass here, I can make a pass here, and this is how you do it. So, <coughs> excuse me, dropping your left foot, raising or um, stepping with your left foot, dropping your left foot, stepping with your right foot, dropping your right foot back. That's your passing box, and the key with your passing box is to stay balanced. <coughs> excuse me, that's the key with your passing box is to stay balanced. The second strategy was elevated shoulders. We want to make sure our shoulders are elevated because what it does is it helps create a more strong platform, a flatter platform, so we can hit that sweet spot. Strategy number three was elbows in. That also helps create a flatter platform, helps with that sweet spot. Now remember, not everyone's going to have to have your elbows fully in, but just making sure they're rotating it inward will still help and it will open up that platform for you. Separation from body, making sure your platform is separated from your body and the passing box will definitely help with that. And then creating angles. We talked about, you know, creating angles um, on multiple sides, getting the athletes comfortable with that, you know, outside your body and things like that. So if you can just, if you can work, uh, focus on these five things and really put an emphasis on them when it comes to improving your athlete's passing, uh, it'll be night and day. I uh, guarantee it because even myself right now, these are the five things that I look at with when it comes to our passers and I'm always trying to put an emphasis on, you know, making sure we, we, we focus on that, on those things just because everything else will come into play. All the other little technical nuances, they'll all come into play once we can focus on these five things, all right? And then a little bonus thing when it comes to hand passing, making sure that you're open to the setter. So left foot pointed forward, right foot uh, pointed, uh, well, right foot open to the setter. This is providing your passing out of the left side. Because you know we want to make sure that our our ability to see the setter and see the server is uh, is constant. Okay, uh, that's about it. I think. All right. If you have any questions, I don't always reach out to me. Instagram Brian Singh underscore Coach B. It's my Instagram handle. Let me know if you have any questions about passing. And um, 
I mean, get signed up for that workshop. Get signed up for that workshop, volleyballworkshop.com, two-day coaches clinic. Super excited to see you guys in there, okay? Really, really will help you build your championship program. Uh, it's going to be so good. I can't wait to see you guys in there. All right, that's it for me. I'll see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.